Welcome to the First Five Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Michael Corey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Gotro. <laughs> you can see us now. Here we are. Uh, today, we are joined by one of the most important guests in the Lafayette scene, uh, somebody who we were just very blessed that was a very early adopter of the podcast. Um, and someone who we're really thrilled to have back for our very first ever video episode. Please welcome to the podcast, Tyler Arsenault. Oh, please. Not necessary. <laughs> not necessary. I just hope I look skinny enough for this video. That's all I care about. It's I am sucking in this whole time. Yeah. I actually can't breathe. Extra, extra wide lens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we all did a show last night uh, in New Orleans, like an unopened mic, but for Drew, it was more than that. It was like his first booked show in the New Orleans area, right? Yep, correct. Feature spot. Yep. Yeah, man. And it went great. Well, why don't you give me your, your feedback? Yeah, it did. It, was, it went great. It was fun. Fun audience. Everybody yeah. in there was in there for the comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lafayette showed yeah. up too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was... Uh, it was, it was the second time for me, but you've been there several second times, Second time. Right? I featured once, and then this is my first time going for okay. the mic. Yeah, so I was there with you and John when you guys featured. Yeah, I typically won't drive two hours for an open mic, but I like you guys a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> well, so, uh, so you did 10 minutes, Drew, right? Yep. Yeah, so you've been doing 10 minutes at, at a minimum, right? Like, as far as your book shows, 10 minutes yeah, is on pretty the lower much. end. yeah. So you you did twenty at Atmosphere, right? Yeah, on accident, sorta. Okay. Yeah, I told him fifteen. But I was kind of just oh. fell out to see. I didn't know how long it would go. So. Yeah. He ran the light. <laughs> I did. So so ten minutes probably just feels like a like a workout now, right? It doesn't feel like oh this is a big deal. Yeah, but I'm I'm always playing with it. Yeah. Like I did what was I thought was the safest thing last night, where I know like this will. More more than likely, this will do good. But sometimes yeah, I have to then fit in other like new stuff mm-hmm. and see where it goes. Or even play with the order of the stuff that's already in there. Yeah, I definitely, I felt like you were, like, if you would have, if I had to guess what jokes you were going to do, I would have nailed it, I feel like. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Because it's like the most You did everything, exactly. Yeah. You did like... If I would have designed a tight ten for Drew, that's what it would have yeah, looked like. Yeah, it's the most probably. reliable set. <laughs> yeah. Like it's pretty much the one, same one I used for Stone Drunk Sober, mm-hmm. except I put in an, another joke that I had written since then because my Stone Drunk Sober set fell kind of short. Yeah, it was, yeah, it ended up being like eight minutes and some a little under mm-hmm. nine minutes. Yeah, so I needed kind of needed to stick something in there anyway. Yeah, my I I think my favorite though is the. The joke that was birthed on this podcast, the alien one. Yeah, that's the I one I added in. Yeah, that was I. What I do during that joke is as I look around the room and yeah. I watch everybody else. Yeah, that's what I do. And I'm, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like you know, because it feels uncomfortable in the beginning. So I'm right. like, all right, who's gonna get on board with this? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I just loved it. it was, last night was great. Very yeah. proud of you guys. There were some folks in the front um, that were. Um, Chatting? Where, no, uh, with the, uh, well, maybe. The comics, like, to the right? To, yeah, stage right, uh, oh, where Coleman the, was yeah. sitting. And that's where I was looking to see, like, are, is this joke going to go over with, with the black folks who were sitting there? Yeah, and, and yeah it, the, one of them was do. a comic, Dante Hill. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. they really seemed to like it. So Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I got a good pop in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was good. Like they had one table, like stage left. There's some women. They were kind of chatty, but not enough. Like they weren't taking. They weren't chatty enough. Like I noticed it, but they're not chatty enough to really throw me off. And they weren't taking any attention away. Like no one in the audience was paying attention to them. Right. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. And I kind of put it out of my mind. They had another guy that went up later that night. I went inside. And they were real chatty at that table, and he just couldn't get, like he just kept looking at and looking at them, and then he was like forgetting his shit and everything. They um they talked back to me during my set because at one point, and this is like in my act, so it's like they thought I was saying it like off the cuff, but it's actually part of my act. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't like how this side of the room didn't laugh at that well the joke isn't actually that good and it's not supposed to be because it's all a setup for me to say the next part yeah and she goes i was still laughing at the other joke and i was like yeah yeah come on i'm working here (laughs) (laughs) shut up (laughs) try to keep up lady yeah Yeah. keep up lady yeah i've been trying to not do the thing like uh i try not to ask questions if i can at possible because i mean most of the time it's not an issue but there is the moment when there there's someone in the front, there's some lady in the front who thinks, oh, he's about to have a conversation with all 50 of us <laughs> like, simultaneously. Like, We're all going to give our individual answers. Uh, and they like just talk. So like that, I used to say like, uh, you know, y'all like weed in here? Are y'all fans of the weed? Yeah. Now I'm just going to, I'm a big fan of the weed. Yeah, that's. I just talk about me because then people, yeah. and sometimes it makes them heckle. Yeah. You know? That's like growth because. That's like one of the first things that I find myself telling a lot of new people if they're looking for advice. It's a hard thing to not do. You don't notice it a lot of the time. I think what it is is like you just have to be cognizant of the fact that like your jokes should not start with you guys play PlayStation because you're just inviting somebody to go, no, I'm an Xbox person. Right. Yeah. What the fuck are you like? (laughs) Just be like, I play PlayStation and here's my joke. Right. You don't you don't need their approval to tell them something funny. And I think that's what a lot of comics are looking for. It's like, do you guys like weed? If everybody in the room simultaneously says no, are you going to tell a different joke? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) So true. You made that point a few times and it's so true that like, if you're not getting information that you're going to use, don't make small talk in your joke. Just get to the point. Yeah. It makes sense if you've got a crowd work bit or something. Yeah. I think an exception would be like kind of what I was just talking about. It's in my act. Another part of my act would be like whenever I'm like, are there any millennials in here? I don't actually care what's said after that. That's all bait for me to, you know, hit them with the next line. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, which is uh, shake your pill bottles. I can't hear you. So it's like it it, it doesn't matter what they say or say back. I'm going to get them. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, I'm not I'm not out there like um so you guys familiar with 1999's uh, hit song, uh, Back That Ass Up by Juvenile? Like, right. just tell them, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I can I can already think of a couple of times where I was trying to word a joke recently. Or not, not the most recently, but yeah, in this last year or so where it's like, you know, you don't need to f- even phrase this as a question. Just just cut that whole part out. You don't need yep. it. Yeah. And it, you do that kind of thing sometimes when you're just insecure about what you're writing too. Like yeah. I know that in times where I was just like, I don't even know if this is going to work. How should I start this? Hmm. What do you guys think about blah, blah, blah. exactly just, right. It's, like, it's, a lot of, it's a, it's a, in the end of the day, it's just a bunch of wasted time. That's right. Where yeah. it adds up to where that, that's enough time. You could have put a joke in there, yeah. you know? 
and I'm not the best at it. Like, you know, I'll, I, it's, it's easy. It's way easier to recognize when you're watching other people do it, mm-hmm. you know, but I know for a fact yep. I get up there and do that sometimes, especially if I'm working on new stuff. And I think right. that's okay. But if you're looking for advice and that is something you do and you're like, you hear your recordings and you're doing stuff like that, that's like, cut that out. Like mm-hmm. your, your tight material should not have filler questions at the front mm-hmm. of it that don't lead to anything. Yeah. 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 Usually if I'm doing a new joke, like the first time I don't worry, then I don't worry about shit like that. I'm just worried about get the joke out and fit, remember like the key tags and things yeah. like that. Cause it's not, it's going to take time to really learn it anyway. And the first, whatever you write the first time is wrong anyway. Normally. So why work so hard to remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I just try to get the words out and I don't care too much about the technicalities of it and work on that after. I was telling Tyler uh, right before we started that, that there was a, there was a, there was a trans woman that, that showed her to the show and she was really enthusiastic. And I was telling him, yeah, it's like my first time ever really just like encountering uh, a trans woman in the wild. This is a applause <laughs> break. I feel like, right. I have slow danced with two trans women <laughs> yeah. without even knowing, dude, mm-hmm. like yeah. finding out later. Yeah, it definitely felt like this is just something that, that happens to sheltered people, that, that it's like they're just behind everybody <laughs> That's else. right, yeah. I felt like Tyler's eyebrows went up a little bit, and I realized, I really, like, I was okay. like, really? <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's it, And I, I don't know, it's just kind of a testament. I've talked about this before, but just being really, like, having no life before I started doing right. comedy for a super long time. So just being sheltered. Did it make her, did it make her hotter? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just going to tell you right now, she was my type. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she was uh, she was just oozing feminine energy and fun and enthusiastic. Kind of like yeah, the, I the opposite. It, I it sounds like you masturbated right to her this yeah. morning. <laughs> <laughs> Technically wrong about that. Right it was last night. Was last night. <laughs> Pretended to be asleep on the call ride home. Uh, but yeah, it, it was interesting to be like, it wasn't just like my first encounter with a trans woman. It was more like... Okay, I can see that this is like I don't even really know what point I'm making. It just surprised me that I was like, she's cute. Yeah, that she wasn't seven foot tall. Well, yeah, there's that too. Like, look like a man. Yeah, Yeah. it's so funny watching you like experience these feelings for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she looks like the woman. Yeah, like I ended up knowing before I heard her say. But like not right away. Me too, because of the way she acted during one of my jokes. But it was mm. yeah. <laughs> whenever I started my my closer, um uh she just she didn't like it. And she like really and like it's one of those things where it's like I'm doing a joke on purpose that like the first line of the joke is supposed to elicit a weird emotion from people. Yeah. I literally talk about like how like I'm, I'm like contradicting myself immediately. I'm like, I love sex work, but also I don't want my daughter to be a sex worker. Right. So like mm-hmm. I'm making these weird feelings, but I'm doing it on purpose because I'm going to get somewhere right. and you got to be you got to like be on board with me. And like when she heard the opening part, she like looked at the host and was like, no, no. <laughs> and I'm like in my I'm going to keep doing my bit because everyone else is paying attention. But in my head, I'm just like. If you would just give me a little bit of credit, yeah, right. stay with me for about 45 more seconds. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. <laughs> so That's why she didn't she didn't watch my set. 
Probably. It's Tara Walter. <laughs> Walter. <laughs> she did go out. She, she was the whole outside. time before going up. I was like, she saw that. She saw like, that camouflage hat. I was like, she I'm was about like, to fucking rock her this bitch's world. <laughs> and then she was wasn't in there. She knew. She saw that John Deere hat, and she yeah. was like, I cannot be in here for this. Guy. I was like, <laughs> I was gonna good. surprise her though. You know, I'm sure she did. I'm sure she heard your set though. Like, that's the cool yeah, thing you can about hear it from outside yeah. very yeah. clearly. Yeah, and then so we were paying attention when we were out there to everything that was going on inside. Uh, but that was cool. That was just interesting to just have it happen very organically. And for me to be caught off guard, because sometimes I do get a little surprised. I'm like, how do people like when people are like, oh, I was out, was out. It was a club. It was loud. We were dancing. I was drunk. And then it just gets way into it before they realize. So now you get it. And now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one time there was one time we were in New Orleans and uh one of the girls we went I forgot what happened she like she had open toe shoes and she like cut her toe or something and I saw what I thought was a nurse walking down the street so I chased this nurse to get the nurse to help I mean I was drunk to get this <laughs> nurse to help her not only was this person not a nurse, <laughs> not a medical professional whatsoever, <laughs> it was also a man dressed as a woman. Were they in a nurse outfit? Yeah, they worked at one of the clubs. I was trying to figure out what the, like, why like did a, you think she was like, a nurse? Like, she was a nurse? Was she dressed like yeah, the, okay, this, the cover of that Blink-182 album? Other than, yeah, other than the stature... The stature and a lot of other features should have told me it was a man... <laughs> But men can be nurses. The though. thing is, it wasn't a nurse outfit that like you actually see a nurse wear right. in the hospital. That's right. what I'm wondering. It's yeah, like you saw like, somebody in a like, like in a Halloween nurse outfit, yeah, and you're like, much, yeah. I need medical help from yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you were drunk though. Yeah, dude. Alcohol puts hole like holes in your brain. <laughs> so I wanted to follow up with you because you announced. Your Skankfest booking when you were here the first time. Hell yeah, it's coming up. And it's October 1st, right? Um, well, that's when it starts. September 28th, I'm flying out, and the right. 29th is the first show. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. I don't know what shows I'm on yet. I'm supposed to get that this week. Mm-hmm. Wait to see who I'm opening for. Is it nerve-wracking, <laughs> not just information rolling in in stages where you can't just have a plan set from the beginning? Let me tell you what's nerve-wracking. That's not it. I, because the truth is, is I don't need a plan. Right. I don't need to know where I'm going up, when I'm going up. Mm -hmm. They could tell me right before and I'm going to do the same set the same way. What's nerve wracking is it's been a while since I've flown and I put some pounds on. And I am legitimately worried that I will not fit in airplane seats. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah man. For... I'm like Googling. I'm like Googling oh, size of airplane a, seats. Like a seatbelt extender. You got to ask for that. I know. It's embarrassing. I don't know how that works. It, you, that's exactly or, how or it works. Even if, what if when you, like, you get on the plane and one of the attendants like, Psst. Yeah. And like passes. That's what you. I'm hoping for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Probably like not. just dat me up and like hand me an extender right, in my hand. Super like cool, a drug man. deal. extender. My worst fear though, is that like I go to sit down and they're like, nah, you got to go buy two seats. I'll be like, oh, that'll be the worst. I don't think I'm that big. I'm, I'm like making jokes more than right. not. Yeah. But like last time I was on a plane, we flew United, and United has the smallest, the shortest seat belts and the smallest seats. They're like 15 that. and 17 inch seats, and the seat belts are only 39 inches. And I was like, going, 
Ooh. And like so, but I looked up the the seatbelt length for uh, American Airlines, which is what I'm flying. It's five inches longer, so yeah. I think that so that's, that's, that's be a five dollar thing right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, you guys don't have to worry about this no. at all. Like, imagine that. Yeah, man, that's that is that is very true. Uh, I do remember I was flying into Lafayette from somewhere, and there was a guy really really not just big in every possible way yeah and we were sitting down next to one another and he had a book on his lap that just said the word space written across the front like that was by far the biggest letter on the front of this book but there was no space in between us because he was spilling over like (laughs) and i was like this so i just like when he wasn't looking i just took an ironic photograph there's no space here there's a there's a rule on American Airlines. If you extend over one inch past the armrest, you yeah. have to buy two seats. Wow. Yeah. So, but like, there's other airlines that don't do that. Like Delta, if you get stuck in a situation like that, you're just like you as a little person just have yeah, to we're deal fucked, with it. Dude. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like, how do they do that on a full flight? Do they just say we're gonna go ahead and charge you for two, even though there is no other? If there is seat? no other seat, they're gonna make you get off the plane and you have to take another flight. Oh wow! Yeah, American. <laughs> that's the policy. So wow. literally, we're talking about my worst possible. So you're right in the you're right in the back with the boxes and shit. <laughs> Dude, I'll sit in the kennel we'll with the dog. Throw some straps over you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ratchet straps. <laughs> Dude, so dudes with hard hats. You need help? <laughs> Orange vest. Hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess you you have your set so tight that you don't have to think about really like how you're going to change it based on your circumstances. Like you just got the whole thing. Yeah, I'm like my act is I mean, I would say that I can do I can do 25, almost 30 without thinking about it. Yeah. Like where like I would not have to prepare a set Mm -hmm. because uh, recently I've done so like this past year, year and a half, I've done so many 20 plus minute spots. And, you know, that's just. That's what happens eventually. So, yeah, um, I was thinking about that last night. Actually, I was like, yeah, I don't even I'm not worried about what jokes I'm going to do. I'm not trying to tighten anything up when I'm here doing shows. I'm just working on new stuff, not preparing for Skank Fest. It's not even what I'm thinking about. I just know that I'm going to go knock it out the park when I get there. It's just getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really awesome because I would think that. Some people, when they get like a good opportunity, this is not the first festival you've done. No. But, but sometimes when somebody does get like, maybe this is a, I don't know, is this a bigger festival than the ones that Definitely. you've done? Definitely. This past? is the biggest okay. festival in the United States, probably. Yeah. At okay. this point. So like this is a really yeah. cool thing. And I've heard comics, like, you know, comics that are the, some of the more known people that we all know. Uh, talk about experiences where they thought something really big was going to change something. And then they come home and they're like, I'm still doing. That's what I expect. Yeah. I know that that's going to happen. What I'm looking for though, what the, I think what is good is just to perform well in front of people. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, there are national headliners there who I've met before who I'm going to meet again because they're there and every time i meet those people that's like a you know that every handshake yeah, matters memory yeah yeah and um some of them i really like and i'm really looking forward to hanging out with sam talent mm-hmm. had a great time opening up for that guy we ch- we chilled we drank together whenever we were saying goodbye he looked at me and was like we're gonna have so much fun at skank fest and like <laughs> that's when i started getting excited for skank fest yeah. i was like oh yeah that's right sam talent's telling me that we're gonna have fun at skank fest together <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. 
Yeah. I, so so it's not necessary. I just I just would think that the credits because it's like how do you get booked on on a fest? You 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 submit a tape. Yeah. Right. Because there's got to be a lot more good tapes are out there than there are people that get selected. Right. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So, uh, so my thought is okay. So I did altercation fest. How is that going to help me get booked on another similar festival, or, or is this going to have more on a more regular basis? Like, is this going to be the start of something new? Doesn't that all just still come down to the next tape that you submit to the next yeah. festival? The only difference is, is like on the festival submission forms, they ask you for, uh, for credits okay. and they ask you stuff like, is there anything else we should know? Mm-hmm. So everything you do, you get to put on the next submission. Yeah. So next time I submit to a festival, I get to say I've done Skankfest. Mm-hmm. And Skankfest is the biggest festival in the world. Right. Or country, whatever. Right. You know? Um, but uh so yeah, it's that is that's the interesting part is that you are building your resume, mm-hmm. even if it's not like it's a credit. I mean, I don't right. there's no way to chop it. It's not a TV credit. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a, a crazy big credit like that. You know, it's not a Netflix special, but it's a credit, yeah. you know. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it does build off of each other. But but you're also more right than than you're wrong in the respect that it really just does boil down to the next submission. Right. And unless unless the people that I've dealt with at that festival are directly involved with the next festival, then there is actually no correlation other than that, that extra credit Mm -hmm. and then the next tape. Right. Well, that's kind of cool because if you think about it, that means that there's something about momentum where you don't necessarily, once you get some momentum going, just kind of like if you were rowing a boat, once you got a little bit of speed going, those strokes don't feel as hard anymore. That's right. If you're having to basically kind of start over every time that you get accepted to a festival, that makes that, that booking more, uh, you're less likely to continue submitting to festivals. Mm. If you do, if you're, if it feels like such a battle too. Yeah. And the truth is, is like, You'll hear a lot of comics say festivals are like ultimately scams. And man, the truth is, is like it's hard to argue with that because a lot of festivals are asking for submission money. And then chances are you're not going to get picked. So you're just out money. And if you do get picked, you're not going to get paid. You're going to it's you're gonna, it's going to cost you to travel. It's going to cost you to figure out how to stay there unless you're a headliner. Skankfest is the only festival not like that. Every single person gets paid. Every single person gets travel buyout. Every single person, you know, gets a free hotel for the mm-hmm. whole entire time they're there. Um, every person gets VIP passes and a guest pass. You get a little gambling little, money, dude. That's that's you like some casino. Like I cash money? out some stocks just specifically for that. Like I'm ready because <laughs> it's at the Nugget. I'll be staying at the Nugget too. So it's like I'm gonna be near a casino. I'm gonna be gambling. I'm sure. Are there any other festivals that are like big comedy festivals that are also take place in Vegas at other parts of the year? I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm I guess sure there is. My, sure. my thought is if Skankfest is the only festival that's doing it like that, they obviously have more overhead. But I wonder if the fact that they do it in Vegas, where there's so much infrastructure yeah. set up for that transient lifestyle, people coming in, let's party and then let's get out, that maybe somehow operating out of Vegas is. Well, help. I don't think that because they're. They're selling out tickets. Yeah, they've got a huge like, fan base. They're, yeah. s- they're selling out weekend passes were sold out almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is that they're not counting on Vegas's um, tourism 
to mm-hmm. put people in the seats. They're counting on their fan base. Right. And so people flying to Vegas, you know, taking advantage of it being Vegas, of course. Yeah. But yeah. they're going for Skank Fest. They're, it's, cause they're, it's because their fan base would have fun in Vegas. Right. Like, yeah. pretty much. And they've think, got the fans. Like, they yeah. don't need, they don't have no trouble f- making money on that. I was festival, just wondering about their right? overhead. Like, a city that's set up to have that level of tourism, maybe that's just cheaper on their overhead. Because they're be, yeah. trying to figure out, like, what are the tickets like? If, if they're paying, if they're treating the comics so much better are the tickets more expensive i think they're just the festival's longer Mm -hmm. there's more Mm -hmm. comics on it there's more rooms Mm -hmm. they're selling more tickets than other festivals too if i'm i'm comparing it to the other festivals i've been to of course but um the list of comics is way longer than Mm -hmm. most festivals i see yeah. Um, I was, I think we were going, I was going through the list very recently, just kind of like looking just, and I mean, it, there's, I wish I knew the exact number, but let's say there's a hundred names, 60 of them. I know it's crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I see flowers for a lot of festivals. And, and it's like everything vary. can fit on one flyer. Yeah, it's, but yeah. sometimes even though I'm like a lot of, it's still not as many as Skank Fest, but they will have a lot of names. And you'll know, like, maybe the first name or the first two, like, the big headliners mm-hmm. and no one else. Yeah. And then the first two headliners, they're, like, over there, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not yeah. even like, like, yeah. like they're I, good, yeah. you know, they're good, you know them, but they're not, like, a big, big headliner, yeah. you know? Skank Fest has got fucking stars. And oftentimes, com- those, you know, those headliners are the only ones being paid on that festival. Yeah. They're getting room and board, and they're the only ones getting paid to be there. And that's where all the overhead for the festival goes. So that, that is interesting. I, I understand why you asked that. It's like, where are they? Where do they? Where do they get off paying comics? <laughs> yeah. think, what are they doing right that everybody else should be doing? Well, I think probably yeah. what they're doing is I think the fact that they do pay comics and they get good comics, they probably may they 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 spend money into this festival. They put money into it to make it good mm-hmm. and. It's it sales, yeah. So that, that's how, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like normally when you see a businessman that's scared to spend money, doesn't pay their people well and shit like that, they usually don't have a very good business, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the employees are cranky and have a bad attitude and everything else, you know. Yeah, and you want to make, and I mean, if you're thinking of employees as comics, and that's yeah. a perfect. You're gonna analogy. get better comedians if you analogy. get comedians yeah. that expect to get paid. A perfect analogy. Yeah. I mean, just covering the cost of my plane ticket is incredible. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I'd be able to say yes to that otherwise. Like, I mm-hmm. would, and I would figure it out. But I'd rack up credit card debt. You know, yeah. I'd, like, I'm not, I don't have extra $500 for a plane ticket to Vegas. So, I was thinking about your response to preparing for it. You were already prepared for it. If, if you could, I don't know if you have one of these right now. I don't know if you're thinking about this, but... Growth edge. What do you think right now your growth edge is as a comic? I don't know what you mean by, by growth edge. Where is an area where you're specifically either putting effort into developing like that next skill, that next tool on your tools kit, or or maybe something where you're not even trying and it's just getting better in this particular okay. area? Um, I want, I mean, I need more time. Like I'm at, like I said, I'm probably 25 to 30 minutes right now. Um, I'd like to be able to do 45 and then I'd like to be able to fill the rest of it with not necessarily crowd work, but be able to 
be able to slow down and comment on the room, talk mm -hmm. to people, have fun, be loose. Like some of the national mm -hmm. headliners we see a lot, like Bobby Kelly. Honestly, mm -hmm. that dude comes in and probably does 35 to 40 minutes of material and then 20 minutes of dicking around. Yeah. But it's like, it's a skill set. It's not mm -hmm. dicking around without intent. Mm -hmm. It's not dicking around without purpose. It's dicking mm -hmm. around with, you know, the intent to get to the next joke. And that's, yeah. that's the skill set I want to work on. Mm -hmm. The problem I have is you can't do that in an open mic. You don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. And it's a risk to do that at some showcases, mm -hmm. depending on how much time you have. So like, I have to look for the perfect opportunities where I'm doing like 25, 30 minutes. And then I just prepare like only 20, 20 minutes and then just kind of see what happens with the rest. Um, so I'd like to increase my time, work on um, being a little bit more in the moment mm -hmm. with some stuff. Um, I was doing that recently, but I just kind of went back to tightening the screws on some of my jokes. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's kind of what I'm always doing. Um, but I think the the thing that's most important to me is the growth of my act. Mm -hmm. Just finding that next joke that's going to be placed in my act in just the right spot that's going to make it, right? Like I've got so many more jokes that I'm doing at open mics and working out that are not showcase ready mm -hmm. and getting those jokes showcase ready is probably, I should put a lot more emphasis on that. And I will once Skankfest is over, that's yeah. kind of like, I, I, what's crazy is like, I, I, I keep saying that cause I, I get an opportunity and I'm like, okay, after I open for this person, I'm going to really focus on some new stuff. Okay. After this festival, <laughs> I'm really going to focus on some new stuff. Um, but I have been putting the work in on open mics um, trying to craft new stuff, struggling. I mean, y'all have been to them there. <laughs> some of our open mics, it's hard to get feedback from Yeah. recently. We've had some dead crowds. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just act growth. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of my act. I yeah. really am. Like I, I, I said this last night, I'd put it up against anybody's mm -hmm. like, I, I don't, um, I, this is the best way to say this. I don't think I'm the best comic, even in Lafayette. I don't think I'm the best comic. I don't think I write the best jokes. I don't think I have the smartest jokes. I don't think I have the mechanically best jokes. I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Keep going. I like it. I don't think I have the best stage presence. <laughs> I don't think I have the best crowd work. Uh, I don't think I have the best off-the-cuff stuff. But what I don't think anybody does as good as me is build an act. Yeah. I just, I don't think there's anybody mm -hmm. who can put their 20 up against mine right. on average and do better mm -hmm. than me. And that's mm -hmm. not a shot at anybody. It's just that that's where I focus is getting an act. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I, when I was thinking about it, it's like, that's not really just Lafayette though, right? Like when you say that, I'm assuming that you're taking into account like that. Yeah. But every single thing I just said, I can name a Lafayette comic who I think is better at that than me. Right, but but as far as you having an act oh, and that being yeah. something that like that's not just Latvia. most like yeah. most Louisiana, South Louisiana people that I encounter that are very well respected, good, they don't necessarily have an act. I agree. Yeah, and that's and I, the truth is is I don't think you have to. That's not the only right. way to do comedy, but I think it helps. And most yeah. successful comics mm -hmm. have an act, right. even if that act is half crowd work, half jokes. It's still an act. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there's a lot of comics who don't put enough emphasis on that act mm -hmm. but that's why 
you know, that's why I've won so many stones for first drunk for sobers yeah. is because I go and I do my act and I get off stage. Like yeah, and my act have, is good. You have a reliable set. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that not enough people put emphasis on that. And um, so, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think that I honestly, I can't think of an act. And this is this might be a little bit of hubris speaking or a lot of hubris speaking, but I can't think of an act offhand of a, like a non like non professional comic who I think has a better act than me. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of anyone. And you're on to something for sure. Uh, so this is this complete gear shift, but I think we all kind of breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief recently when we were like, you know what? There hasn't been any scene drama in like a, a few weeks or something like that. You were so full of shit. I feel like. <laughs> 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 is, I feel like that's the exact opposite of reality. Like, yeah, this last day has been real quiet. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like uh, a reliable partner. I was, I was like, I guess relying. I was gonna go with this. Yeah, yeah, just back me up on this. Uh, yeah, everything's fine. No, I just we're we're all fatigued. I think mm-hmm. is really the more the accurate thing is that it's just it's been so much, and every time we think. Because they all seem like isolated incidents, you know? right? So we, so as soon as that one's finally over, we're like, all right, well, we, we should be good now. We're good. Is that the is that are we gonna have any more scenes at the end of Lord of the Rings, or is that the final one? Uh, and they just keep coming. Feels so. like the movie Face Off. It just never ends. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah, hmm. I don't. I I think it's. I wish that it wasn't that. Like I'm trying to be. I'm. I have to actively like try to not participate yeah in the the drama and it's hard because like we all want to talk about we talk every day right so we all want to talk about the things that happen and it's fine but like uh, you're right the word fatigue is the best way to describe how i feel with that kind of stuff i think even said that the other day i was like Mm -hmm. man this is like i'm worn down by this we used to our group chats used to be like let's work out jokes here's a premise what do you guys think now our group chats are like can you believe that this person did this and i'm like oh my god and i think what that is is like we're getting a lot more comedians than ever before a lot of the people we're talking about are newer Mm -hmm. a couple years in at -hmm. most and yeah. like, you know, causing drama. And I think that that is the, it's just like a side effect of the growth of comedy. Right. right? All the positives there are, there's also some negatives and that's mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whatever you're doing, if we were all like, I don't know, we all play fucking tennis together. Like, <laughs> there would still be drama. Be drama there because that's just how people <laughs> are. Like none of us are really ever involved in anything. It, right. I don't think right. for the most part, right. we just hear other stuff. And sometimes it's just yeah, and it's we like get, we get nosy, you know. And the problem we get becomes though that like it, even when you're not involved, you're pressured to take a side. That's yeah, it. that's the closest I've come and to it being. Sucks. And I'm just like, no, I don't even like being pressured to take a side. There are some. I think there are instances where taking a side is important, right? And it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's a lot of times when. Other people think that taking a side is important, and I'm like, uh, taking well, kinda, a side on this is not important. It kind of depends how much it involves you, for right. one thing, too. It's like sometimes... Or people you care about. Yeah, or, so, or someone yeah. close to you. But also, there's some shit going on over there. I don't have anything to do with yeah. this. Y'all work yeah. it out, and I hope everything ends up cool. 
Yeah. I mean, but right. well, I don't that's have a, I don't you're lucky have you don't produce shows. Here, Once yeah. you if you produce yeah, shows, right. then all the other scenes drama matters because those people come to your shows. Yeah. So and that's that's what we find ourselves. You know, me, Jason, John, people who produce shows in town, find ourselves in this situation a lot where like there's drama in another city somebody's done something they're getting outcast from this city or whatever or they're you know half the city's mad at them it's like what do we do do we let them come to our open mic i have people saying they don't feel safe around these people right so what do we do with that like you know so it sucks but um i'm a big believer in just taking everything case by case moment by moment and just doing the best I can in each individual case. I don't think, you know, precedent definitely will matter, but every situation we've run across, we're doing a very good job of not being very specific here, uh, <laughs> but every situation we've run across has felt unique in the respect that like, I feel differently about it because of the details about it. Yeah. And not enough people put like that amount of nuance on things. They're just like, you know, when somebody exhibits this kind of behavior, this is bad. And it's like, eh, like right. that's not, yeah, well, yeah, and you don't have to, you don't have to make us a, an opinion or a statement yeah. right away. You know, mm -hmm. you, there's nothing wrong with waiting and finding out what's going exactly. on. People don't like to do that. They're like, for some reason, they feel like they have to get on record as soon as possible. Oh, I got to be on the right side of this. Well, yeah. you're probably not if you don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> yeah. on, you know? Yeah. Also, who says what the right side is? Yeah, right. History? Okay. Well, we're living in it, so it's hard. It's yeah. hard to even think that far out, zoomed out. Yeah, so much of that stuff that you're talking about, like that pressure to 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 come out, uh, come down on one side of it as soon as possible. That race. Uh, I don't know this. I'm stepping some shit here, but that seems like a little bit more of like on the, on the liberal left side of, uh, you see more of that pressure to come down on the right side of something coming really more from, from one side than I feel than you do the other. I think that's, I, I think that, but only with the drama we're seeing specifically, right. because the drama we're seeing has that kind of oh yeah I has that kind of it has that political air to it yeah it's hot button topics right. that people are talking about in the news in social um circles right now today yeah. well it's the, not but i do i do think that it's that kind of behavior is not isolated to liberals oh yeah oh, definitely. it's not. just what we're seeing is because of the situations we're dealing with mm -hmm. and the repercussions of those situations liberals tend to fall on one side of it which yeah, right. i often fall on that same side too it's yeah. just i'm not willing to view everything as that black and white right it's you don't just, just do yeah. lockstep yeah, you want to right. find out what happened first yeah. at least yeah yeah, I mean, I'm look. I'm more willing to stand on the liberal side of the line, um, but uh, you know, once evidence starts rolling out, like, but you know, that's that's the way it is. Yeah, most of the stuff that has happened has had to do with like creepy, predatory, sexual behavior, exactly, uh, or just accusations of it. That in some cases, I mean, everybody who's listening to this is probably going to know what I'm talking about. But the things that we've seen where an accusation was made and then absolutely hard hitting evidence was provided to, to, to contradict, uh, the accusations, you know, my, my just right from the beginning. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to speak for myself. As soon as I saw the evidence that was presented, I was like, this is, this is not an issue. Same. And Man, we're coming in heavy with this first episode. Yeah. Back, <laughs> Thank you guys for making me be the one that has to deal with all this <laughs> live on 
fat TV, way, we, whatever we, we're doing. We can actually. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anything we, you want to cut. We, we should cut. leave it. Um, but no, I, so I agree with you and I feel the exact same way as you about that specific situation. Um, what's disappointing to me the most is someone's inability when confronted with the evidence someone's inability to back down and instead they redirect and divert their new energy into a different accusation Mm -hmm. that isn't even as egregious Mm -hmm. but it's like a distraction to try Mm -hmm. to just get people mad at this person anyway and it's like it's such like a little kid way to act and mm-hmm. it's it's aggravating because we're all grown adults yeah, for the most part. Sometimes you can just be like, "My bad," and the shit could be over. That's, with. I man, made a mistake. I've I'm made sorry. some of my closest friends in my life because they liked it. Like we started becoming friends whenever I admitted that I did something wrong, and they don't see that in enough people. Mm. Like that is that's a it is that is a virtue that it, you should be proud of your ability to admit when you're when you've made a mistake yeah and just despite how you feel despite like you know anything yeah and it's usually the the, like the less embarrassing way to act too right that's the crazy part is how do you not see that that uh, that virtue is actually like commendable and people will clap their hands for like seeing that whenever someone's like hey i was wrong or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, And and then they move on unless it's just you know the unless it's just someone's just wants you to apologize when you've done nothing right. and that that happens with some people the opposite is true you got to tell those people to fuck off but in a regular case where you make a mistake your life is so much easier if you just say I agree I f- hey i fucked up i made a mistake in I'm everything sorry. in yeah. life in social circles at work i mean i you know we all have other jobs I, mm-hmm. I work with people and I have people that work that report to me make, make mistakes all the time. The literal worst thing you can do is try to hide it, cover it up, yeah. or act like you didn't make a mistake. Yeah, because now you're now you're not a human being; you're just a liar. And what are we gonna do? Like, and now, how do we move on from this? Yeah, now, yeah, because you, you know I, I can't don't trust you now. Yeah, it's yeah. like if you would have like, and when it comes to comedy, it's like I see these people acting this way. I don't want to book them. Right. End of story. I don't want to book them because they're they're not showing me that they're willing to admit they were wrong. That means that something like that is more likely to happen when I book you. And it just, you know, it just makes me not want to deal with it at all. He's saying he don't want that smoke. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Unless it's weed. In any case, I do want a lot of that smoke. So we've seen uh, some with the drama and some with uh, people just making choices in their lives. The composition of our group has changed because we've had some people, you know, voluntarily leave because they felt like they weren't being supported here. That was like a one-off situation. We also have had three comics uh, relocate to other markets. I had Shelby's leaving for a job. Uh, Joshua is leaving specifically to pursue comedy in a larger market. Yeah, fuck that dude. Yeah. <laughs> What's it? Wait, who? Joshua. Yeah. What? What's his name? He's just this guy. <laughs> who? You, you might not know him. He's a <laughs> and then a newcomer, uh, Ruben, who just kind of seemed like he was passing through from yeah. he went out to one city and that I guess he came home for a little while and now he's going to another. My favorite part about Ruben is that he's way more attached to us than we are to him. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. If he listens to this, I hope he knows I'm joking. But I, I pick on him because he was getting so emotional on his last night. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, you've been here for two months. Like, I don't even know your last name. <laughs> I had to ask somebody what his last name was the other day. And he's like, I'm going to miss you guys. No, I, I think it's sweet. <laughs> and he should miss us. <laughs> but, the, but it is interesting to, to see, like, you... I mean, I was pretty attached to Joshua, so that was tough. Yeah, and too. Shelby, you know, we didn't really have to hang out as much, but he just, I, I like Shelby yeah, so much. He's Shelby's an older great. friend of yours. Uh, yeah, he? we've been, I mean, through comedy, but yeah, yeah, we've we've hung out for a long time. And mm-hmm. um, before my mom lived with me, we had a lot more hangout sessions with comedy. And uh, I know for a fact that that was something Shelby always loved was, you know, coming over to my house and after a show or on a weekend where we didn't have shows yeah. and just but talking you, with the comics. You can't leave your mom around Shelby, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all have Shelby on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. He's like, I can't leave this sexy motherfucker around my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I don't even know if there's really, it's just, there's, I don't know if those podcast listeners, I don't know if you guys are really going to even, um, if this really means anything to anybody else other than, than us, but yeah, it's just, it's just weird to see how we've had some new people come in, get some fresh talent, uh, to come in to sort of, so we were losing some and gaining some, uh, one of the persons that we're going to have on the show, uh, soon, uh, who everybody's been talking about lately is is Delaney. Is what's her last name? Miller. 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 Okay. Yeah. She Delaney. said yes, or you didn't ask her. We haven't asked her. I just oh. kind of, <laughs> one person we're gonna have on the show soon, maybe. <laughs> well, all I did was ask her if she's into podcasting, and she said yes. And she's told me about a podcast that she was on. That I think she participated in, or maybe as a co-host of. It's so. a friend of hers that she's been on a few times. I think is yeah. what she said. Yeah. So she's got some experience with it, but uh, yeah, we. But you know, she's not the only one. But we've we've have a few, a few you know new Don. Don Schecksnyder or Nader? Killer. Schecksnyder. Nader. Okay. He he just like he was at Showbox when we did Stone Drunk Sober there. And that was the first time I ever met him. And he has really come on the scene and like established you know himself as legit. Yeah. Like very winning quickly. his first Stone Drunk Sober. And uh they're doing it the right way too. It's like um they're coming in, they're focusing on the writing. They're asking the right questions, getting the right feedback, listening to veterans, taking that into account, making changes. Not I being mean, dickheads. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. Is there's yeah. like no problematic cool behavior. Hangs, they're good hangs, yeah. which is like, I mean, honestly, that's more important than being funny sometimes. Yeah. Like if you just want to be a comedian, being a good hang is more important than being funny. Because like you, <laughs> you gotta, you know, ain't nobody gonna book you if you're not cool. That's just all there is yeah. to it. Like yeah. being funny is not enough unless you're already famous. Like you can be a dick once you get famous, whatever. But yeah. when you're coming up, dude, lots you better time, be cool. Lots of times you're gonna have to spend a very long time in a car with some people. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of car rides where I you think know that sometimes that probably comes into account when they're putting a show together. Oh, yeah. And we've all talked about the the exceptions to that rule, but the exception kind of proves the rule because every once in a while you'll have somebody who you've booked and it's like, well, how about because I remember when you were on before you said, why? Why do you book that person? How about because they book me? Yeah. And that's an okay. That's an okay thing to do, too. Right. But that is the exception. That's that's why it's so noteworthy because you really don't see people who you don't want to spend time with getting booked on. Yeah. On shows. And what, man, what's great about comedy is that people grow and evolve too, Mm -hmm. so that you can feel one way about somebody. Mm -hmm. And then soon thereafter, you feel differently. Like maybe 
I used to only book this person because they booked me, mm-hmm. but then they got good. Right. And now mm-hmm. I book them for different reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that allowing mm-hmm. people that ability to grow is really, really important too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think about where I'm at, where I've, I haven't been making like a steady progression or a steady nosedive. It's been a bit of like, just kind of all over the place kind of thing. But I would hate to think that wherever my worst and lowest parts are, that I would just be judged on that. Right. That's a good point. I don't judge me by my lows. (laughs) You have been growing a lot though, Michael. Thanks. Last night was a testament to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, and, and I think, I think the way I put it last night, I agree with still, um, saying it sober is that you, it may be hard to notice the improvements that you're making, right? Because you're, you're doing the same mics as me practicing the same nights as me. I know how tough our nights have been recently at some of these open mics where it's just like, we're doing comedy for each other. So like I can make a small adjustment to a joke, but you guys heard the joke last week and that adjustment doesn't mean anything still, but it would mean something in front of an audience that never heard Mm -hmm. the joke. And that it was proven last night with your set because Mm -hmm. that was one of the tightest fives I've probably ever seen you do yeah. like honestly like it's like how you can't see your kids grow yeah that's exactly you know I mean? that is exactly Until right you see other people know pour yourself out or grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you made me laugh so hard with your joke about the belts because you made such an interesting point that i the first when i first started putting on weight when i was like freshman in college i realized that most people if you're if you're fit you have an upper stomach and maybe a lower stomach but you have to You've graduated to a new level when you have a bottom of your stomach. Yeah, exactly. And the way, the way you described that was so funny because it was a nuance. Of like, if you're not paying attention, you just miss it. Yeah. And it's like, that's actually a really smart thing that he's saying right there. You ever, you ever got the ratchet belt? No. Like, is the producer to zoom in? <laughs> instead of holes, it's a ratchet. So. I think this would be good for a fat so, guy. But it's the, it's the buckle. The buckle, you see, buckle. this is skinny. Diff- people don't. He he doesn't even get it. Still. Yeah, the buckle. I've but they have bunch, but he still doesn't get it. They have different buckles. The buckle no, the, digs the into oh, yeah. the buckle digs into your stomach. Even mm-hmm. if that was just leather, that leather would dig into your the bottom of your stomach. Like I said, well, the part of my joke where I'm like, I want like a brick. There's only one solution left. Tom. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, and it's get Velcro belts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode is brought to you. I'm trying. <laughs> These skinny fucks, oh, bro. Man. I swear. Well, yeah, I mean, I was sitting just so funny because like this is the first time I've ever decided to drink anything other than water while we're producing, and, and I decided. To I think it sp- looks really cool to drink it out of something that looks so stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a protein shake. This is like Costco. I mean, it's not Costco uh, protein powder, but it's one of those that's available. Protein powder, milk, blueberries, and ice, and uh, it's like. 32 grams of the protein that I have to eat every day. You look like after you drink that, you're going to go jog around the neighborhood with a Yorkie. <laughs> In your purse? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So true. <laughs> I actually uh, did a 90-minute walk this morning and realized that if I'm going to get 10,000 steps and all I ever do is sit around at a computer all day, I get like no steps. So if I'm yeah. going to get 10,000 steps, I have to walk for 90 minutes every morning and then just basically not do anything else for the rest of the day. 
because I'm not going to. I'm not going to live an active lifestyle. I'm going to get that shit out of the way in the morning yeah. and then I'm going to live the way I want to live for the rest of the I day. I should do that too. Just wake up and work and then chill. <laughs> That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So all that shit aside. Um, fuck. The next point <laughs> in my mind. Right, we were talking about fat belts. <laughs> Man, you know I, I just flashed there. back to watching someone sit like PTSD from watching somebody sit. What was I, like having to check? Their oh, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being like, what was next? What's yeah. <laughs> I fucking do that. I've been doing that a lot lately. I don't no, know why. About, like particular people. Oh, it's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. All they do. Yeah. I thought you were about I to like, say their name. I like when people yeah. go like they get one line out mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, let me check my notes. And it's like, you remembered one line? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was making fun of when I did my Thursday night set. I just got up there and told him my name and said, what else? What else? Uh, <laughs> but um, what, you know what I wanted to do is like we, it's been so long since we've actually produced an episode. Uh, that I wanted to just check in with Drew and just like see what's going on with you. Like, Heck what's yeah. what's it's been a while. I think you went on vacation and uh, you did comedy on vacation, right? Yep, I hit up a mic in uh, Pensacola, Secret Sagittarius, um, um Delicia, yeah. right, and Olivia's mic, right? Correct, awesome. They're yeah. at, they're Florida's finest for yep. whatever that means. It was fun. <laughs> it was a good mic. Comedians were cool and inviting. Uh, and typical Mike, not much of a crowd, but like I said, it was a good Mike. Everyone was cool, nice, you know, very inviting place. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was the, fun. That venue is cool. I I did the same thing when I went to Florida for vacation. I I asked uh, Derek Shirley actually shout out. Uh, he sent me a list of like all the open mics, and I think I went to one or two of them. Um, but it is cool, like to have your first experience of like going on vacation and being able to while you're traveling go do a mic yeah i was intent on it in fact everyone went in the boat that day and i didn't go on the boat because i was like if the fucking boat doesn't come back you can't do the mic it's a party board and they have a guy hired to drive the boat for us and i and i was like if ever and then the night before we're all drinking and they're like yeah we're going early in the morning we're gonna fish and all this and i'm like i already know we're not getting up early in the morning. <laughs> By the time everyone gets all these drunk asses around it together on the boat, there's not going to be time to go fishing. And I don't want to get on the boat and then be the person like telling everyone to take it Were in. Were you right? Did fun. they not fish and stuff? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. They didn't leave till like 12 <laughs> to like noon. And they were like, yeah, we don't have time to go get the fishing stuff. How did how did you do at the mic, you think? I did good. I thought I did bad at first. But then once I got home, I listened to it. It sounded a lot better. Like, for the amount of people in the building, you know, it was pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. I've never, I haven't done any mics in Florida. I've actually only done one show in Florida ever. It was recently I did Don't Tell out there, which was pretty great. Um, Jason Jason was headlining, and I was asked to feature. Um, he brought all his cameras out. We got some great footage. It was a really cool room. 
I is that the one with the video that y'all put yeah, on the, the lights uh, in the background on the youtube the channel? white lights in the background yeah. yeah yeah dude that's a good video too. thank you yeah yeah i'm very funny um the, <laughs> <laughs> the the uh the audience was great there was like over 100 people there oh yeah. um they added seats because they just they sold out and they just kept getting people asking for tickets so they added more seats mm-hmm. um don't tell for what it's worth they're doing some cool stuff they're so, just working whatever they're doing every time i see somebody talk about that they always kind of talk about it with the same language so i'm curious what, what is it what it sounds like is it kind of a thing where like you're booked but we're gonna kind of leave it where's the mystery yeah i think don't okay. they like not even announce the show until yeah. like a day or two before that's yeah so essentially what it is is it's this company this national company and their their whole thing is we want to book comedy shows in places that there is not normally comedy. Mm-hmm. So no bars. They can't sell. They don't want them to sell alcohol there because they want people to bring their own alcohol. Um, they don't want comedy to have been there. They want it to be someplace that you wouldn't think of comedy being. Like under a bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you there's been a don't tell under yeah, a bridge. I cool. would be very surprised. It's if like a hasn't. comedy speakeasy or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the, like the pretend no. like comedy would be illegal. This yes. is how we would do comedy it. Comedy speakeasy yeah. is the best way to say it. Um, so essentially it's not like, a, it's not really a secret because you're buying a ticket. You're going to yeah. know where the venue is and stuff. Um, but it's like, they don't really promote the comics very specifically. Um, and in the bigger cities, they actually bring a film crew mm-hmm. and they'll do like, you'll see people get like, don't tell specials. It's like a 15 yeah, minute Maddie set. Smith has one. Sam talent has one too. Um, there's a guy out of Houston. He, he's one of the owners of the secret group. Um, Zod, uh, Zaid Duji. He's. He's got a don't tell special, um, but those are in the bigger cities. We, you know, we had in ours, they weren't sending a film crew, but Jason brought his camera circumventing that. Cause whenever I like posted the video, I was like, it's my don't tell set. You know, it's like, <laughs> they don't need to know that it wasn't filmed by the don't tell people. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is really cool. And that was my first one like that. Um, uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm interested to see they they're doing it in New Orleans too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see you know how that goes over time. You know, yeah. And I'd love to do another one in a bigger city too. So, well, I wanted to ask you about that because I I can't remember if it was because Jason's got some stuff in the works or or how we ended up talking about this, but it was a real shift in the normal conversations that we have about comics are at our various levels uh, doing comedy specials because it seemed like it was a much more uh, doable and reasonable thing to like, why don't we just do like a 15 minute yeah. special and then chop it up into just yeah, for the and, clips. And Jason said that too, cause the riot in Houston started doing That's that recently okay. where, you know, the riot, they've let people film specials there before, like longer ones, but they actually started to like take some of their Houston comics and be like, okay, let's do 15 minutes. Very different than like, than what we complain about. Yeah. Like what mm-hmm. we complain about is, Comics who've been doing comedy one in two years doing an hour special, which I've I've turned on this a little bit. I, I don't think they should do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should. However, I'm not I don't look at them any differently because they make the decision to do it, because the way I think about it is, is like they're going to look at that later and just be like, that wasn't good. Yeah, right. I'm better now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to understand. They're going to learn that lesson later on their own. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really my place. Yeah, I think to, mainly a lot of them would be, a lot of people would be like, 
and I've not watched these specials or most of them. I've seen a couple. I'm just saying, from <laughs> me doing comedy, I think personally, like, first of all, I think the first thing I'd be like watching it years later would be like, that's not an hour. That's right. I'm on stage talking that's for an right. hour, but that's not an I, hour of material. That's what I've seen out of these specials. Yeah. And I guarantee you, yeah, some the material's of these, better now. Some of these people would feel the same way if I talked to them right now about it, too. And I've had this conversation with some people who had specials too early, and they agreed, even if they didn't regret doing it, even if they had no actual regrets doing it, they agreed that like they're better now and that wasn't a good hour. And so in my head, I'm like, well, don't put it out. Some people don't think like me, and that's fine. You yeah. don't have to think like me. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've turned a little bit on it. But the idea of somebody who's been doing comedy five years, you know, three mm-hmm. to six, seven years doing a 15 or 20 minute special, obviously that makes perfect fucking sense. Right. You know, um, special is a weird way to describe it because it doesn't really feel like a special so much as it right. does a set. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like yeah, one of a feature would be. You no, know, I don't word. know if I'd call it a special if I release like a t- fifteen. Honestly, I don't think would be long enough. I feel like I'm in this weird zone where people are doing fifteen minute specials now, but I've outgrown that. If I did fifteen minutes, I would I'd have trouble picking which jokes to do. Right. So I would want to do twenty or twenty five. Mm-hmm. To get those other bomb jokes in there. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, the good thing about it is, if you can, if you're doing thirty minutes, if you got fifteen minutes out there, people come. If people watch it and they come see, they but they come watch you do thirty minutes. Even though they'll be like, "Oh, I heard this. I've heard this." There's still another fifteen minutes they haven't heard, so they're not going to feel yeah. like I just went watch the same thing so I watched already. This is where act know? building hurts me. Yeah, because my 15 minute set looks pretty similar to my 30. It starts and ends the exact same way. It's the middle that's right, different. Yeah. So like my act doesn't really like what you just described is not good for my act. Putting out two 15s is not as good as putting out a 30. My 30 is way mm. better than two 15s because my 30 is designed as a 30. Right. It's not designed as two 15s. Yeah. It has callbacks, yeah. and mm-hmm. a start and a finish, and it has three acts. You know, right. like it's like a it's a play mm-hmm. essentially. So. Yes, but that doesn't work for everybody. Anybody who's mm-hmm. doing just like joke, 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 and they're not doing callbacks or they're not structuring their act in a specific way, I think that makes a lot of sense for. It's like, oh, I've got, I just don't have to do these jokes. I'll do them on the next one. Well, if I do that, I can only do these jokes paired with these jokes or these jokes work way better when they're paired with these jokes. So I could, st- I think it would still be good for me. It's just not quite as seamless. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's short-sighted to do a 15-minute set. Because like, if you're trying to build an hour and then you burn those 15 minutes... I guess it depends what your goal is. Yeah. yeah. And, it might your depend, goal? and it might depend on what kind of jokes you tell. Yep, that's, that's exactly that what I'm trying... That's like, exactly maybe what I'm even saying, like a yeah. one-liner comic. You've got... Your jokes are so short and you can kind of throw them anywhere. Definitely. Where you can put if you've got 30 minutes, you can put out 15 minutes of jokes yep. and you can put some of it. You can kind of distribute them evenly. Yep. Like put keep the 15 minutes you do and the 15 minutes that you don't put on the special. Make sure they both have they both have like real banger jokes and then a few like jokes that are good enough to still be there but not as good as the better ones. That way both things can kind of stand on their own. 
Yeah. Then when people come out to see you do 30, you mix them all. To, you could kind of mix them all together. And because yeah. a, a one liner comic is not really, there's so many jokes. They fit so many jokes in a period of time. It's not a big deal for someone to be like, oh, I heard that one. I think that's I exactly that what one. I mean, you too, know? is like yeah. different styles kind of lend to that. So, yeah, one liner jokes don't nest, don't really, people don't listen for segues in one liner to in a one liner set. I think what we're coming to is that there's just no one way to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's just not, the comedy is not one size fits all, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, what's your goal? If your goal is to put out a 15 minute special so that you can be noticed so that you could sell more tickets, that's not short sighted. Right. Just mm-hmm. because your 30 would be better. Mm-hmm. You know, if your if your goal is to sell tickets, yeah, definitely anytime someone does something and their motivation is because I'm going to get money. Most of the time, I'll be like, "That's a good idea." Yeah, yeah. There's exceptions yeah. to every rule. Yeah. Like, oh, someone's gonna give you money. Yeah, you yeah. should do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I've done pretty, things pretty for money. Simple. Yeah. I've done things in comedy for money that I should not have done. Yeah, for there's sure. exceptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that about everything, but my most biggest of the time, paycheck yeah. was doing comedy for seventy-five old white people that did not give a shit about anything I've ever fucking said, mm-hmm. and it was just a miserable set. Yeah, I've done that. For, I've done that for free though. <laughs> So, I mean, if I can get 20 bucks out of it. Yeah. And that's kind of the corporate scene, isn't it? It's the, the best paying gigs. And a lot of times they're yeah. the worst. Colleges, action. corporate stuff, charities, which is weird. You th- Charity, like you think charities wouldn't pay well, but man, the charities I've done had a big check attached to them because yeah. the, they're making so much money from selling tickets. Paying mm-hmm. the comics is like easy. Yeah, we got fucked. Dude. Y'all didn't get any money for that charity y'all talked about? An audience member oh. gave us money. Yeah. That's good. I got an audience. <laughs> tipped us each $100. Oh, well, shit. He didn't take the money, this stupid ass. <laughs> I didn't perform, He's dude. Like, I feel like I earned it or whatever. I was like, you didn't earn it. I was like, dude, he didn't hire us. Okay? Yeah. He he could he voluntarily gave you like tipped you this money. Yeah. I can understand if it was the venue, if we had agreed I will tell these this amount of jokes for this money and then you didn't do it. I'm going to give you a lesson that, right here, but, Michael. People are not paying for your jokes. They're paying for your time. Mm-hmm. End of story. Yeah. I had. No, I he sur- didn't do that either. I sur- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neither did I. But this I, was an audience member where he was like, "Man, y'all did great," and he tipped us each. I saw yeah. somebody post I was on so Facebook angry, like, the whole day, the whole next day. I just couldn't stop thinking. I was like, "What a fucking moron!" <laughs> I saw somebody post on Facebook a story where they had done a twenty-minute set, and it was hot, hot, hot. The crowd was hot. They got off stage. They're walking to the bar and the bar and the guy, the owner's like, no, go go back out there. And the guy goes, ah, you paid me for 20 minutes. And the bartender takes out a wad of cash, puts it on the table and goes, go back out there. Know your worth, man. Like yeah. <laughs> the guy could have said, all right, I'll go back out there. I'm a comma, comma. Yeah, so, no, but right. because he said no, he got a lot more money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys watch Swamp People? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My only thing was... This is grabbing for shit. Yeah. The thing about the gala was... I was there to tell jokes. I didn't tell any jokes. Right. I got up there and told them all yeah, about the fucking fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Again, they're paying for your time. What can I tell you? I still agree with what I said. <laughs> and, the, and the lucky thing is, as far as that guy was concerned, he gave us all $100 each and we took the $100. So it's not like we insulted him by True, being like, yeah. I don't want your money. I fucking took it. Yeah. I just told him to split it between the other guys. Yeah, that's what we did. We split it up. Nice. Yeah. And, and 
Which, if you think it's not bad enough that he didn't take the money, <laughs> then he fucking donates to the charity <laughs> of the place. <laughs> Nerd, bro. It was, a, it was yeah. a worthy charity run by assholes. Yeah, to like save abused children. Yeah. <laughs> Womp womp. Yeah. Don't save her. There's some she kid out there seen. with a lawyer fighting for him. <laughs> right now. Wait, what an idiot. <laughs> so one thing that's been on my mind lately, uh, and it's going to be obvious that this is kind of like my issue, but I just think that it's something that everybody can learn from, is the idea that how I've changed over time. And the person that I decided that a person that I was when I decided to start comedy, I think, has played a, a role in, in in my personal experience. But I think it's relevant to anybody. Uh, and it's the idea of how one personality trait, whether it be like an aspirational thing that you're trying to cultivate in yourself or just an innate personality trait, how there are some things that are just more suited for comedy than others. Sure. And so I, I made a list and I'm not going to go through the list. I just wanted to randomly pick some things off the list. Um, so these are, let me clarify. These yeah. are personality traits mm -hmm. of people mm -hmm. that lend to comedy or the vice versa. Versus not. Yeah. It's, 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 I, what I did is I put a, uh, on the left column, I made a list of things that I either feel like when I'm really just trying to be myself, this is what comes out or things that I'm like, that's the thing I should aspire to and cultivate within myself. And, and so it's something that I'm doing on purpose. And then I'm thinking about, I'm like, you know, all these things on the left may be good in some way, but if you think about it, the opposite of whatever that is, that would be better for comedy. So I just made a random list because there were so many, um, like, okay. I was watching, uh, righteous gemstones oh, and, and all that. the main characters on that show are narcissists, like really overt mm -hmm. narcissists. And I was thinking about it. It's like, my dad was a narcissist and that was really tough for me. And I am a very sort of like self-aware and grounded person, but it'd be a whole Not lot humble though. Clearly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, but it would be a lot more funny if I was just kind of delusional and narcissistic, like one of these fictional characters on the show. Like if I got up on stage and just said things, just kind of reckless things that sometimes made me look that way, that would probably be funnier. Or like if you look at it, the characters that are the comic relief characters that are so funny on the show are the most narcissistic ones in the mm -hmm. family. And the ones that are around them that are just kind of reacting to it from that straight man perspective, they are they they serve a purpose in the story, but they're not funny. You know, the, the mm -hmm. people that are making you laugh are the ones that are being. I, I think narcissism is a trait that only works in comedy if you lean into it like Jeselnik, mm -hmm. whereas narcissism typically is a trait that is not good for comedy, but mm -hmm. it works very well in movies. Or, or unless you're a very fun narcissist. Yeah. Like the party guy. You have to be so delusional that it's absurd, though. It has yeah. to be like absurdism, whereas like you could be narcissistic and like just like really leaning into the character like Jeselnik or um, but like I think it works in movies mm -hmm. very well. Right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it works for rappers. And yeah, like narcissism like works in a lot of other industries better than in comedy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe in this case it works better on camera if like from a scripted kind of thing. Uh, but there are a lot of different examples on here. Um, trying to be the cool guy versus trying to be more like 
vulnerable and like just putting your your flaws you're out still there. talking about your dad you're talking about you no, <laughs> you've been trying to be the cool guy this whole time <laughs> not this whole time but like in my life yeah i want to be oh, a rock star yeah. i want to be an okay, actor yeah. i want to be all this stuff all right. you know and and wanting to be wanting to be or even just like oh right. i'd rather be taken seriously rather than i think i wrote that one on here too just being taken seriously versus being relaxed and fun and not taking themselves seriously right. there's so many things that i realized that i was either Either because I got bullied into it or because it's something I felt insecure being my natural self. And so I tried to, I guess what it is, I'm just to be honest with you guys. I'm realizing what I've been realizing for a long time now trying to do comedy. It's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know who the real. You've probably oh, been so indoctrinated by other people's beliefs and ideology of, of how you should live. That yeah, you that's haven't figured out who you factor. are yet. Yeah. That's, that's interesting, of, dude. That's part of comedy, too, is you kind of you're kind of trying to get to to be as funny as you can be you're really diving deep to try to find you're digging, out yeah. yeah you're trying to chip away at yourself to learn because more you about yourself be, and the thing is like you want to be funny it's not so much about being the funniest person ever because there's too many people in the world you'll never be yeah, that right but you'll be like your own like no one else is funny the way you're funny you know mm-hmm. that's true yeah but i do think it has a lot to do with that cult you ran into yeah there's no the doubt about church. that yeah i mean mm-hmm. that's yeah you're socially like awkward sometimes. we've never yeah. talked about it and like i'm my story's a little bit different than yours but i have a very strong evangelical background too we were we were full gospel mm-hmm. um started off catholic became full gospel uh my brother oh that's a switch my brother i know my brother converted my mom my mom converted me. I was a kid, so it's not really a conversion so much as like this is what you do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My other brother, my you other brother always, my other brother always rallied against it. Even though he would go to church, he'd go to church with his headphones and listen to Marilyn Manson. So like there was always this dichotomy in my house where my dad didn't go to church at all. I had another brother who clearly hated it. Mm-hmm. Then I had a brother who was really into it. My mom was really into it, and then I was really into it because my mom made me right um we were we didn't celebrate halloween on halloween instead we would go to people's doors and give them pamphlets right oh that's I mean, so fucked up to do to a child that dude mm-hmm. and like that did not last long like that, that's like so cut that's, training your that's children. why i was saying our story is different because at some point we got out of that church mm-hmm. and like although my my family's feelings on things may have evolved in different ways they didn't like my mom never she's never lost her in evangelical feelings she mm-hmm. still feels that way to this day but being in the church didn't mean as much to her at some point yeah. so i was able to grow up go to high school to middle school go to high school as somebody who wasn't evangelical but i still had that in me so like i you know that's why our stories are a little bit different i feel mm-hmm. like you probably weren't thinking like that until very recently uh yeah, I mean, the deconstruction for me probably started about 10 years ago, and it was a very yeah. slow process. Mid, what, would that have been early 30s? Early 30s. Is, yeah, so yeah. mine was early 20s. Mm-hmm. I, I literally went from, it was a it was podcasts. I went from just conservative Christian, or I thought, I wasn't acting like a conservative Christian, but like, you know, a complete turnaround to starting to question everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not even sure where I fall these like days, my dad but said that's the all devil part of the journey. The yeah. <laughs> so my dad's like, don't listen to that music, the devil's going to get you. Yeah, I mean, that's I listen to those devil podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, but like, the first time somebody ever talked to me about 
thinking about thinking, mm-hmm. like starting to think about the way your brain works and right. starting to learn about logical fallacy mm-hmm. and all the different ways that the human brain tricks us into feeling certain ways and acting certain ways. And we'll, we'll start to believe things that aren't even real just because that's how our brain works. Right. Once I started learning that, I was like, how can I trust anything? That's the natural reaction. Yeah. For it was sure. such like, it was like flipping a light switch. Mm. It was overnight. I went from, being sure that I was a conservative Christian to questioning literally everything about life. Mm -hmm. Um, And since then, it's been rebuilding my philosophy and my ideologies for what it means to live on this earth and, you know, Mm -hmm. be somebody who exists here. (laughs) Well, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I definitely think that that there's a lot of psychological stuff that goes into it. And the church culty stuff is definitely a big part of it, too. Bottom line. I am figuring out that there's a lot of things that I have embraced or aspired to. And I even think that aspirational traits in general don't really. I think that if you made like a list of aspirational traits and things you might want to try to develop or cultivate in yourself, I don't think that any of those things probably just by the nature of what we're talking about, I don't think they lend themselves as well to common. It was very clear to me when I made that list and put things that I either am or wanted to be, try to be. And whatever the opposite of that is, I was like, well, all this is good for comedy and yeah. all this just makes me a stuffy, boring, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's and I'm trying to figure out who I am now. That, that's, or, that's I mean, if to. you can figure out how to, um, to like all those things that are normally not good for comedy, if you figure out how to maybe figure out, see if you can write about that stuff even. Yeah. Because oftentimes that's the funniest thing people do is they just talk about all their flaws and how, you know, they talk about their crazy behaviors and you know what I mean? Yeah. Shit like that could be funny. Even like weird, uh, weird social thing, you know, that have happened with the, um, you know, you transition from being a weird cult person and then being like a normal person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's so funny to hear Drew describe you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> learning a lot about myself right now. I think we're very carefully because we're doing a podcast. Because <laughs> the audience listening to this. So I can't, you know, be boring about it. <laughs> so, so you, I don't, Tyler, I'm not sure if you... Yeah, you were our third, you were our second guest. It was third episode. So you didn't get the question, did you? No, I, I did not get the question, but also, yeah, I was third guest. I thought JP and J, uh, Josh oh, before right. me. Yeah, third that's guest, right. third episode. Okay. You guys were like, uh, it's either you like them more than me or you like me so much that you wanted to get the kinks out of the way first. There which, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Well, I wrote it down because it's just easier this way. Uh, so we like to wrap up each episode with a hypothetical question for the guest. And it's a question that will hopefully illuminate what in your life rivals stand-up comedy in importance and meaning. Uh, and I've thought about what I might trade in my life to get where I wanted to be as a comic. And it occurred to me that I I would give up sex. Uh, like I would never have sex with another person again in my life if... In exchange for that, all of my comedy dreams would come true exactly the way that I wanted them to. So if you had to make a deal with the devil to like give up something very costly, 
so that all your comedy dreams would come true exactly the way that you wanted them to, what might that be? Um, your daughter. No. no. <laughs> right. Joking. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I wish I was that shallow. Can't in good faith say my daughter. Uh, I would definitely give up sex. I'd take it a step further and say I'd give up romantic relationships. Yeah. I don't. I don't right now I don't have space for that in my life. So it might be easier for me to say that now than in the future. Mm -hmm. Right now it's real easy for me to say that. I would give up romantic relationships because I have I have very meaningful relationships in my life that fill those voids. And the voids that aren't filled, I fill them other ways. Right. Um, so I don't I don't need that. Yeah, don't, you don't have any romantic feelings for anyone. Yeah, I so, mean, but even yeah, if I do why, yeah. even when I do have romantic Everything feelings. Is, it's like I would hope that it would be nice for that to not pop up right now because right. I got too exactly. much I got shit, shit going to do. on. Yeah. And that's exactly what ends up happening all the time. Um, what I would definitely not give up is gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I thought you were going to say something else. What? I, something, I just heard gay. <laughs> <laughs> like you stressed out the first, you stressed out the first syllable a little bit. Did he not? I give up sex, but not gay sex. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, I would definitely not give up gaming. I feel like because that's uh, just like gaming in general. I don't, I don't even need to get too specific. Whether it's like video gaming or tabletop gaming, I play like role playing games, D and D, um, board games, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that's like my free time. Yeah. That's like everything, you know, that's what I work hard so that I can do mm -hmm. like, so that I have that space in my life. Um, so I wouldn't give up that sex is easy. Um, I was trying to think of something that's harder to give up. I mean, all the things that I would want to give up are like super beneficial to me. Mm -hmm. Like I'll give up carbs. <laughs> That'd, be great. That'd be awesome. I, I love carbs to death and it'd be very hard, but uh, I'd be better for it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to even say that because mm -hmm. there's such like a huge upside to like right. giving up food. <laughs> you know? yeah. Right. I'd like to I'd like to uh, eat to live rather than live to eat. <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I think, you know, we're, we're talking about what would be so a meaningful thing in your life, something that means a lot to you, something that you want. But then there's also things it's like, what if you had to manually on your own stop doing something that's so ingrained into your life instead of it being like a magic, you know, I'm going to snap your fingers and this thing's just going to be gone from you. And then here's your comedy dreams. What if it was something that you had to like? You will begrudgingly, right? Yeah, like what if it was something you had to walk out every day instead of it just being like, like if somebody just took your eyesight and said, Okay, and here's an exchange, everything that's something that's like, Well, you can't do anything about that, so you're just stuck with it. But what if it was something that you had to do and maintain, like going like no gluten or some shit yeah, like that, right. that you had to do every day? That even if you weren't necessarily, even if you were ambivalent about giving up the thing. Having to give it up would just be so hard and disruptive. <laughs> like you had to, to like life. shave your initials in your pubes every day. <laughs> every day, <laughs> dude. I ugh. sometimes, man. I don't know that any kind of like I'm, I'm. I might be like above average good at like the normal maintenance type of stuff. Um, I understand that like a lot of like there's a lot of little things about life that suck, but you just do them because you do them mm -hmm. they're like uh it's like you know brushing your teeth making your bed 
it's like those things suck. Nobody wants to do that, but you do them because they're healthy. And at the end of the day, you feel better for doing it. Mm-hmm. And it just leads, you know, it leads to good habits. Um, but yeah, I'd give up brushing my teeth. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would, would I give up my teeth for comedy? Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Cause then I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be hard to eat chicken wings. Ooh, comedy would suck without chicken wings. Yeah, oh, I haven't had chicken wings in a while. That place that John works at, uh, what's a, a Central, Central Pizza? Central Pizza, yeah. Oh yeah. I always tell him every. I'm like John, dude. The wings are so good. Like that's what you should be putting all your time and energy into is the restaurant <laughs> that's where your skills lie <laughs> like this comedy thing ain't for you doc no <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it's it's all right you it's it's cute but <laughs> you're up there you're doing it but man you really shine in the kitchen <laughs> can i, can I yeah. say that you and john drivery is like my favorite thing happening <laughs> in the scene <laughs> 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 we're gonna have we're gonna have to have we're gonna have them on one day and then we're gonna talk it's gonna be like a wwe type <laughs> thing you gotta do promos <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have them on and we'll just talk shit to each other like they're like as if there's a fight coming up you know what you could probably get john to do that would be a great idea is get those chicken wings and like make a bunch of them and then on a sunday go stand in the chick-fil-a drive-thru and just wait for people coming through who who forget that Chick Fil A's open, and be like, "Dude, I got I got something for you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have some yeah, like of mobile fried chicken like thing. Could you get in trouble for that? If you were on their property, for yeah. sure. But if you but were, it'd be like at the same time, I was like, "Well, look, y'all aren't open. Like, I'm, don't come on y'all operating days. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not here to fuck with y'all business. <laughs> if anything, I'm just." I'm just kind of keeping your seat warm because <laughs> you need a break. You know, y'all been working hard. I think that's all a week. good point. Yeah. <laughs> if you just like set up in the adjacent grocery store parking lot for from a Chick Fil A <laughs> and just sold fried chicken to all the people that forgot. <laughs> all right, well, let's get your socials and your dates out there. Yes, yeah, so uh, social security number four three three. No, that's, <laughs> it actually starts with that. I should yeah, not have yeah, done no, that. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um. At the Tyler A everywhere, uh, Venmo Cash App, uh, <laughs> uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, pretty active on those two things. Um, besides Skank Fest in October, um, next Saturday I'm opening for Jeff Die mm-hmm. at Club Three Three Seven. Um, What's the date on that's next Friday? Next Saturday, I think Saturday? September twenty third. I didn't even. That's right. Yeah, next I didn't even Saturday pull up is... dates. Um, other than that, I've got, oh, the very next week I come back from Skank Fest, October. What's the Thursday and Friday? The 4th and the 5th? The 5th and the 6th. I'm, the 5th and the 6th, I'm opening for Howard Hall two nights in a row at Silly Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And last time Howard played Silly Rabbit, he sold out both shows. Um, Howard Hall is one of the greatest comedians to ever come out of Louisiana. He's yeah. a phenomenal, very captivating, excellent comic, lives in Austin now, but he'll be coming back home. He reached out to me to open up for him. So mm-hmm. that'll That's be the fifth and the sixth. Cool. And then I'm in October 20th is a Saturday. I'm in, or maybe it's the 22nd. You tell me. October 21st is a okay, Saturday. Okay, 21st. <laughs> I am in New Orleans at the Big Couch doing a show called At the Top, um, which is a brand new showcase 
uh, ran by Jade Bronte out of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like short sets, um, short set competition round one. Winners go on to do a sketches and like they have I, I don't actually know all the details but you you are you're you move on to the next round in teams and you do sketches mm -hmm. and the winning sketch the members of those teams do like a friendly roast against each other where mm -hmm. you don't say anything mean you only say nice things oh, yeah, and then there's funny. gonna be a winner of that <laughs> that's very cool isn't it cool yeah i'm like super excited i've heard people's like have that idea too like people like man wouldn't it be awesome to do a roast but just compliment each other but yeah. nobody's ever like act, that before i've never heard of one anyone actually put it into some type of format yeah it's yeah, i I've, think that one could be very funny. i actually i know that people have done it before i am struggling i've been thinking about this last few days like trying to write just something like something nice that's funny and i'm struggling so you i'm gonna have to go i'm being the other skill. right like i'm yeah. like i've I've been very active in roasting for so long that uh, this is this is a hard swerve. But I what I what I do want to do when I get back from Vegas is like research. I want to watch some people who have done this before because I know it's happened. So I want to see. I just want to get an idea of some of the things that are said and see if that kind of sparks any kind of like, oh, I get it now. And see, so, because right now I'm struggling to even be like, right, you know, what the your hair is so pretty. Like, well, I don't I know how to, to <laughs> like. It would be the. To me, it seems like it would be funny if you still deliver the jokes like you're like it's a roast. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, you're like, that's you're funny. like, it's way funnier yeah. than just complimenting each other. I, yeah, that I agree. Be, that's that, that definitely so yeah, so I think that's gonna be the trick. Say like, I got you, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like, damn, that was so nice. It's gonna be like, uh, <laughs> like one of my favorite roast jokes that I ever say is for Jacob Gidry, um, and it's just so so stupid but like he'll i'll be like yeah recently jacob uh jacob lost his job he was working at the bowling alley where he got caught fucking the shoes uh, <laughs> so like i'm thinking like something like that where i'm like yep yeah. uh jacob recently lost his job uh, he was at the bowling alley where he got caught letting kids bowl for free or something like, that. <laughs> like, like i don't know where to yeah. go with it but right i'm thinking along that lines where it's like you have a yeah. roast and you say it the same way but you don't say anything mean you just yeah. deliver it like the roast would be delivered yeah or like if somebody could say like a roast compliment to you and you like all right all right don't act like that shirt don't make your eyes pop <laughs> oh, that's so funny yeah. yeah have a bunch of little those quips yeah. oh i'm stealing that <laughs> all right Good well shit. uh tyler we appreciate you coming in and, and yeah. being our first guest with this new video format awesome i can't um, wait to see that movie magic make me look 180 pounds dude. it's gonna be great <laughs> got a special effects team coming in next week no uh the um we we did want to talk a little bit about the new direction the podcast is going uh we don't have like some grandmaster plan but I, I will say that uh we want to because this this video format is a little bit more intense uh to to produce and so we would like to maybe go to like uh once every other week uh release schedule I think that's smart. Um, and then we, I mean, we could still take some pressure off of y'all, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. but it like, it's not too far apart that your audience is going to get. Cause even if it's small, you guys have an audience. I yeah. mean, I know yeah. people who are not comics who listen to every episode 
and Very they're cool. you know and if you went to like once a month or something they would be like oh right you know so i think it's good that you're not going to once a month mm-hmm. but also clearly take a little bit of pressure off you guys yeah if it it's like if this podcast gets to a point where it starts taking away from our stand-up. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, it's not worth it. I will, and then that's going to end up taking away from the podcast, too. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, this whole podcast is from a, a the perspective and the experience of doing stand-up. and mm-hmm. No doubt. So true. And if every week we're just talking about, like, like yeah, we suck still. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do want some of that, just go ahead and check out episodes one through 23. Yeah. <laughs> 23 now? That's well, awesome. We, yeah, I think that was where we were at when we That's started. That's awesome. Like, it yeah. doesn't even seem like that. Yeah. I've listened to every one and it doesn't even seem like that. That's yeah, crazy. All right, well, you guys keep plugging away at it and we'll see you next week. <laughs>